Hi there, this is Andrew Keck, and I've been a member at Ogletown since 2016, and today I'll be reading Psalm 73, verses 8 through 11. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, How can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Thanks for reading, Andrew, and thank you for tuning in to Listening Up, a podcast of Ogletown Baptist Church. Today you're hearing from Chris Morris, one of the associate pastors. Listening Up is a way for us to stay connected over a few verses from God's Word, and today we're looking at Psalm 73, verses 8 through 11. Today we jump right back into this psalm that is steeped in various human emotion with word pictures we not only understand but can see in our own world, not just the ancient Near Eastern world of the psalmist Asaph. He begins with a strong theological point in this psalm that God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But then it's confession time. Asaph admits to observing the wicked and proud around him seeing the quote-unquote easier life that they live and observing them with a growing envy. By the time he pens verse 8, he sees the dark side of this lifestyle that he's been envying. He sees the moral character that was abandoned to achieve earthly prosperity. He highlights three major areas of moral corruption. The first is abuse of others. The second is leading many others astray. And the third is challenging God himself. I want to address each of these, though briefly, today. He observes the abuse of others in such a way that would describe the mission statement of every internet troll who spews hate on comment boards. He says they scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. Here, no one is off limits or worthy of grace and kindness. Everyone who comes in contact with them must become the victim of their tornado of verbal destruction. Asaph then notes the sad fact that many hear these words and amid confusion and dismay, numerous people drink it all up or find no fault in it. The wickedness of their rhetoric becomes a rallying cry for masses. I want to pause for a second and recognize how easy it is for this to turn political. Now, the shoe fits, I agree, on both sides of the aisle, but stay with me. In today's verses, you heard their boastings go beyond their material wealth and notoriety, but have become so inflated that they not only ascend their pride to match the gods, but they push beyond them to a place where they feel it's within their right and power to challenge and ridicule God himself. In verse 9, Asaph told us that the wicked man sets his mouth against heaven And then in verse 11, he tells us what the wicked man and his associates actually say. They say, what does God know? Does the Most High even know what's happening? They claim that God is blind or ignorant. Therefore, they can do as they please, and God is unable to do anything against them. This is even worse than the verses above. Before they were attacking men, now they're speaking out against God. They're full-on blaspheming. They spread this all over the place, wherever they go. There's life and death in the power of the tongue, and Asaph observes that they they wield this power like a five-year-old with a sword. As we read and hear Asaph's observations, it's easy to feel depressed. 
We see these people still today with these attitudes and lifestyles that he describes just as he would 3,000 years ago. The sound bites and tweets of these people find their way to the forefront by the minute. As our students and our own children navigate things like YouTube, we preach, never read the comment section. Even an amoral society calls these commenters trolls. The justice that we know to be coming for these people can easily make us bitter with the fact that it just hasn't happened yet. But there is hope here as well. We can find hope in the fact that these wicked lifestyles are not new to God. Many have come and challenged him and lost and now know the error of their ways for all eternity. We can look back to events like the Tower of Babel and people like Goliath and kings Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar who challenged God and see how that turned out. Pharaohs fell to their knees. The arrogant masses crushed by the edifice felled by Samson's strength. Even the rich beg Lazarus for a drop of water. Many more examples could be found and listed, but all would encompass this lesson of humility. Hope also comes in the remainder of this psalm. I hope in our own wrestling with the question, why do the wicked prosper with its roller coaster of emotions and frustrations that we land in the same place Asaph did so many years ago? I encourage you to join us all next week as we dive into the second half of Psalm 73. Read ahead, too, if you'd like, if you just can't wait for Monday's podcast. But please don't stop your study of this psalm at these verses. Asaph's resolution is beautiful. But for today, thanks for tuning in to Listening Up. If you'd like more information about our regathering, please visit ogletown.org regathering. Until next time, let's keep setting our minds on things above.